0: Chapter 50 of Kit and Kitty by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 50 A Pocketful of Money. We're on the straight road now, said Tonks as soon as he heard my story, and jigger me if we don't hunt her down. But luck can give five stone to skill, whether the course be straight or round. I have done all I know, but you beat me in a canter just by getting the inside turn. "'but unless I'm out of it altogether, "'you may trust me to fetch up by and by. "'I must find out who that old chap was. "'It could not be Downey himself, you think. "'Not likely that she would have gone with him. "'Well, now you want to hear what I have done, "'and I think it leads to something. "'I'm bound to be terrible leery, you see, "'for he is uncommon wide awake. "'If he had spent all his life in the sharpest stables, "'he could hardly have been more up to snuff he never believes a single word a fellow says until he has been rounded to know the reason i cannot abide that sort of thing myself for it gives such a lot of trouble on both sides if he'd ask you what o'clock it was and you looked at your watch and told him he'd place no faith in it unless he saw the hands and even then he would doubt whether you had not shifted them on purpose to mislead him such a rogue should be knocked on the head said my uncle, and I wish I had the doing of it. It makes everybody hate him, although his manner is not rough. He never seems to think it worth his while to take offense at people. But they would rather have that than what he does. Old Potts is popular compared to him because Potts hates his enemies. But this man goes on as if they were not worth hating, and that has made me doubt sometimes why he has done this, and sometimes whether he has done it at all if he has not done it he can only be the devil my uncle broke in with some anger i am not superstitious but the devil might be vexed by professor Fairthorne's kick-me-jigs and run off with his daughter just to dig him in the ribs by george i never thought of that before and i hope you won't think of it again i said in great haste that the idea might not go into his mind for it would be hard work to get it out again i should hope you know better uncle corny would the devil think of paying such a price as phil moggs gets and hire a four-wheeler to Woking road station you're right kit he will have full value for his money and he never could have stood the smoke i made he gets too much of that at home but tonks says now he doubts if Bullrag did it what are we coming to are we all to start again as if we had never spent two pence over it tonks has been with him a deal too much When two fellows get together so, they can't smell one another. I judge just the same as if I never saw him. He isn't one to get over a fellow with his looks or his manner, either. Mr. Orchardson, you are quite wrong there. I go by observation and nothing else. And what has come of your observations? My uncle still despised Mr. Tonks, and he hated to be told that he was wrong, especially when he heard it. A good deal. "'said Tonks, leaning back in his chair "'and collecting his ideas. "'A good deal if you place confidence in me, "'without which I act for nobody. "'I don't pretend to be any wonder, "'but when I take a man's money, "'I am true to him. "'I have plenty of other jobs I can take, too. "'Throw me over if you choose and have done it. "'No, Tony Tonks, we will not do that. "'I believe you are doing all you know, "'and I am a reasonable man. "'Now,' TELL US ALL THAT YOU HAVE TO TELL. WELL, THERE ISN'T VERY MUCH, BUT IT MAY COME TO SOMETHING MORE, ESPECIALLY WITH WHAT YOU HAVE JUST FOUND OUT. THE WORST OF IT IS THAT HE IS GETTING SHY OF ME, AND I DARE NOT SAY THINGS AS I DID. I TOLD HIM THAT I WANTED TO RUN DOWN TO TAKE STOCK OF HENDERSON'S PLACE DOWN HERE, AND I ASKED HIM IF HE KNEW THE NEIGHBORHOOD AND WHETHER WE SHOULD TAKE A TRAP AND RUN DOWN TOGETHER if i could get him to do that i might pick up a lot of things in a careless and casual way you know but he is much too fly for any game of that sort and it almost seemed to me as if he smelled a rat then i got on to him about the scientific codgers thinking to lead up to the old professor and the cruise he's going on about the bottom of the sea and the place for laying cables and a lot of things like that but it wouldn't serve and so i tried another lay we were talking of old pots and i said oh by the by was it true that the old fool was sweet upon some girl some girl with a lot of money who pitched him over and he said what a joke i would like to hear of that tell us the story bowles if you know it bowles is the name he knows me by you see for it would not do for me to turn up as tonks in fact i got no hold upon him as i thought i should have done for he knows how to make people useful and no more. I saw that he would drop me as soon as he had learned all the little useful things I know at cards and pool. Of course, I was not swell enough for him to introduce me to his family circle, as the ladies call it, and as for getting him to take a drop too much and then working him skillfully, as can be done with most fellows, well, I'm pretty tough, but if I took the water and he the brandy, "'I believe I should be drunk before he was. "'His head is too big for any barrel to upset it. "'I was pretty near despairing, I can tell you, Mr. Orchardson, "'though I never have been beaten yet, "'and I don't want to begin it, "'when a little bit of accident, "'the merest casual accident, "'put me further forward than a month of work might do. "'You may be pretty sure, without my saying, "'that my appearance is not distinguished enough.' although I have gone arm in arm with bigger knobs than he is, and real gentlemen some of them, but not swell enough to be seen in Downy Bullrag's company in Piccadilly or the park or high and mighty places. No, no, not for Joe, as the poet quotes it, but he is not at all above allowing me the honour of his society when I can be of service to him, and no one is likely to say, "'Who's that?' and there is one particular house of his never mind where it has nothing to do with it at which he always likes to have me and treats me quite as his honoured friend and there we were on monday night tickling the pigeons as you might say which is only what they expect of us he can beat me now in my own inventions not from any superior skill but because he is the coolest hand ever seen and nothing puts him out of tune he had won all along the board that night and his pockets were full of money but instead of being up as a decent fellow would be he took all his luck in a cold-blooded way just as if it were nothing to what he deserved that is never the right way to get any more you must never do that mr orchardson sir i never gamble and i want no lesson my uncle spoke severely he thought it due to me to do so it is too late in life for you to begin Tonks proceeded affably, and your hands are too hard, Mr. Orchardson. But as I was saying, we came down the stairs and slipped out very quietly. It was one of those little streets off Soho, where a man who knows London like the lines of his own hand may lose himself in half a minute by one wrong turning. The night was very dark, and all the public shut up long ago, and not a light was to be seen except a dull lamp here and there, BUT WE WERE QUITE USED TO THIS SORT OF THING AND FELT NO SORT OF FEAR, THOUGH WE KNEW THAT WE WERE PASSING THROUGH A DEN OF ROBBERS, AND A MAN WHO HAS A LOT OF MONEY IN HIS POCKETS IS INCLINED TO FANCY SOMEHOW THAT EVERY STRANGER KNOWS IT. SUDDENLY AS WE WENT BY A NARROW REEKING ARCHWAY A FELLOW SPRANG OUT OF IT, IMMEDIATELY BEHIND US. BEFORE I COULD TURN I HEARD A CRASH, AND THERE HE LAY, SENT BACKWARD BY A HEAVY BLOW FROM Bullrag's FIST. "'I thought that he was killed, for the blow had been tremendous, "'such as I have seen when they meant business in the prize-ring. "'But luckily for him the fellow wore a hard-rimmed hat, "'which lay behind him doubled up while he rolled over, gasping. "'Not much got out of that,' said Downey, looking at his knuckles. "'The sooner we slope, the better, Bowles, or there will be a rumpus. "'We can't go before we see whether you have killed him. "'You hit him hard enough to kill an ox,' I answered, killed myself more likely just look at my hand a fellow can't be hurt much what had he on his hat front don't pick him up he'll be better where he is but seeing no one up or down the street i disobeyed him and drew the stunned man into the shadow of the archway and set him with his head against the bricks while bowrag showed much more concern about his hat here it is a metal thing i shall keep it Put his hat on again, Bowles, and let him meditate. We don't want to cut a shine at Bow Street. Let's be off. I was rising to go, for I hate the police courts, and the man was evidently coming round and could do very well without us. But before we could leave him, he stretched out his hand and said, Captain, Captain, for God's sake, stop a minute. I've got something for you most important. I didn't go to rob you, but to tell you something.' you may be sure that i was pretty wide awake at this but of course i took care not to show it and i saw by a shadow on the line of the wall Bullrag had raised one hand probably to his lips right said the man who was on his legs now but sidled away into a darker place let the other gent go i was to tell you by yourself i daren't come to your place but you must come to mine out with it i never keep any secrets Bullrag replied just to humbug me unless it concerns other people and then, well, perhaps bulls you wouldn't mind going to your den. Stop, let me speak to you a moment outside. He took me away while the man stopped there and I saw that his object was to prevent me from finding out any more about that fellow. I was forced to let him have his way that far and to play a waiting game with him. Some bosh or other, he whispered roughly. I think I know who the fellow is and all about it. "'a gamekeeper's daughter down in Hampshire, "'always wanting money. "'Stop, you may as well take most of this. "'For fear of my being too soft-hearted. "'There, leave me five. "'That's as much as I can spare. "'Good night, very much obliged. "'See you tomorrow.' "'You had better mind what you're about,' I said. "'He owes you a grudge, and you are in a slummy part, you know. "'I'll come with you, if you like, and wait outside. "'You had better not wait at all.' I am apt to mistake people, as you have seen already. This was a threat, and as such I took it, walking off with a dignity which must have vexed him. However, as soon as I was round the corner, I slipped a pair of rubber socks that I always carry with me over my boots and put myself on duty in other ways, so that if he met me in the shadow or even ten yards from a lamp, he would have little chance of knowing me, and in less than two minutes I was back again, not in the archway, of course, but at a place from which I could make out part of what was going on there, for I knew that there was something up quite out of the common way with him. Now, how did I know that? Can either of you tell me? Of course, by knocking that fellow down, my uncle replied sagaciously. That was a bit of by-play, I suppose. Not it. That was all done, bone fiddles, as we say. I knew it by the pile of cash he gave me to hold for him oh he is a deep file and all there at any moment he had clearly formed a low opinion of your humble servant and thought that i should bolt with all the rhino and be seen no more and it could be no trifle that made him risk the sum of five and forty pounds forty-five pounds i exclaimed how strange why that is the very sum but here i stopped for i did not wish to go into that question with him "'Yes, forty-five pounds, when I came to count it. "'I couldn't tell how much it was at the moment, "'but I felt that it was a tidy lump of cash, "'and I jumped at his motive in handing it to me. "'But he reckoned altogether without his host there. "'Well, when I came back, there they were, still at it. "'I could not hear a word of what they said, "'for I was forced to keep my distance, "'but I guessed that the skunk would take him somewhere "'for what he had said beforehand.' and then my wits would come into play. And sure enough he did, for in about two minutes they both came out and looked up and down the street to make sure that they were not followed. Seeing no one, they set off at a good quick step, and it took the right style to be after them. They turned so many corners and went through so many alleys that no other man in the world could have kept them in sight as I did, without blundering on them. We passed through many places I knew nothing of, BUT AT LAST I STOWED THEM IN A QUIET LITTLE DEN, NOT VERY FAR FROM DRURY LANE. HERE THE FELLOW WENT DOWN A STEEP, NARROW STAIRCASE AND KNOCKED AT A DOOR THAT WAS LIKE A CELLAR FLAP. Downey STOPPED OUTSIDE, WHICH I THOUGHT WAS VERY WISE OF HIM, WHILE THE OTHER WENT IN AND FOR SOME TIME DISAPPEARED. BUT DOWNY CAME BACK TO THE ENTRANCE FOR FRESH AIR, PERHAPS TO BE CERTAIN THAT HE WAS NOT WATCHED. AND I GAVE MYSELF UP FOR LOST but most luckily an empty truck or barrel stood against the wall and I just slipped under it in time. I could have touched him with my hand, but the place was very dark and he went back without twigging me. I have had many narrow shaves, but none to beat that. He would have killed me with a blow, and in a hole like that I should have been under the flagstones. I had no time to be in a funk till it was over, but then I began to shiver horribly and my nerves were not fit to be trusted any more. I knew this, and thinking of it made them worse, for I have a wife and seven children to look after. All I cared for now was to get away, for I had run the chap to earth, and could put my hand upon him. There was no chance of overhearing any of their talk, even if they had any, and if they once discovered me, even though I might escape, there would be no chance of learning more. I could find the hole again, for I had seen Cokeyard daubed with a tar brush on a patch of whitewash, AND WHEREVER I HAVE ONCE BEEN I CAN ALWAYS GO AGAIN. SO WHEN Bullrag TURNED BACK TOWARDS THE DOOR, I MADE READY TO SLIP ROUND THE CORNER. BEFORE I COULD DO SO, I HEARD THE DOOR CREAK, AND THE FELLOW WITH THE BROKEN HAT CAME OUT AGAIN. I HEARD HIM SAY, NOW YOU'LL BELIEVE ME, CAPTAIN, I'D BE GLAD OF A PRICE OF A NEW HAT BEFORE YOU GO. WHAT IT WAS HE GAVE TO Downey, I COULD hardly SEE, BUT IT LOOKED LIKE A PACKET OF PAPERS OR LETTERS OR SOMETHING DONE UP IN PAPER. Downey gave him something, and he said, That all? Ain't much for such news. And then Downey gave him more. Daren't come to your place, you come here, he says. If you want any more, say next Saturday night, ask for Miguel Bengoose, and say Cluck. That was the name so far as I could catch it, but I was bound to be off for Bull Rag was coming, and you may depend upon it that I did not stop to chat with him. End of chapter 50